You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. or 7 p.m. I want to spend some time together feeling our roots, that root, I am thine, that source, the stuff below the surface that is largely responsible for what we do and feel. We We want to feel that because God is down there too. God is at the root. We are planted in God's love, and God's love is planted in our hearts. We need to be rooted because the storms of change are always whipping up, but especially in September, right? And it's not just catastrophic stuff, like hurricane season has just begun and North Carolina is underwater. It's, it's life itself, right? It's, it starts to whip up a little bit in September. An old, old philosopher said that no man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. Yep, you're right, Heraclitus. <laughs> Nothing stays the same. But Heraclitus's one-liner is as popular as it is and as famous as it is, because I think we all wish that it weren't true sometimes. September. My four-year-old is playing soccer. Isn't he supposed to be a baby? September. How is this new school year going to treat me? September. Here comes the darkness. September. We're a church in four locations as of today instead of five. North Broad and Frankfurt Ave are consolidating today. Lots of change. Lots of loss with any change. We need our roots. We need the stuff down below the surface to hold on when the stuff above the surface is so hard to rely on, impossible to rely on sometimes. The stuff out there is usually way beyond our control. The stuff in here The stuff down below may not seem big enough to stand up to all that out there change. We need our roots to be strong and deep. And the only root strong enough to go through all this are roots of trust. Trust in God's enoughness. Trust in who we are and what we have as we have been made by God and and by what we have been given by God. So to do all that today, I want to talk about names. Names. Everybody's got them. Some people love their name and attach all kinds of meaning to it, or it came with meaning attached to it, and it may lead to love or also resentment, depending on the relationships where that giving of names occurred. Names are mostly... I think about relationships. That, that deep down rootedness that I'm going for with God. You know, the, the song we were just singing, I am thine, that's your name. You're thine with God talking to you. You belong, that's a good name to have. Who gave you your name and what did it mean to you? 
and what did it mean to them? What does it continue to mean to you and what does it continue to mean to them? Those relationships, out there stuff, all complicated. What are we going to do with it? So I, 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 I like my name, but, but I, I think nicknames have a little bit more control. You know, they're, they're, nicknames, you, you could like, you get, to, you get to like own it a little bit, like a little bit more. It might, maybe it's a little easier. It doesn't carry the same freight. Do y'all have a nickname? Anybody got a nickname that, that they, they'd say? I mean, Ben, you know, but, but better ones. What do you got, Matt? Uh, so in high school, it was Statue. Statue? Yeah, so that was the one that they called me because uh, it was my first time in a public school. And I figured the best way to avoid bullying was to not make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> but then the one I made up myself afterwards when I kind of like came around was Powerhouse. Powerhouse. Yeah, that's, and that's still your like, uh, handle on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Powerhouse. I, I've seen that. Any other nicknames? I've been called Kimmy by people, but, Kimmy. I, but I never refer to myself as Kimmy. I've always hated Kimmy, but everyone calls me Kimmy. You're getting right. You're that, the, yeah, these nicknames are complicated, too. Give me one more. One more nickname. Alex. As opposed to Alexander? Yeah, yeah Ben, Matt, uh, Rob, Vlad, instead of Vladimir, Casey instead of Cassiopeia. Her name's just Casey. <laughs> but when people have nicknames, I like to I like to give them longer names, so I you know so that she's mine. You know, like we have this special thing. Sherry, you had one more. Yeah, I never really had a nickname until I got married, and, and my sister-in-law called me Cher, and I never really liked that Do you ever wonder why they're called nickname? The word nickname? Yeah, me too, so I looked it up for you. Uh, and believe it or not, it's not just like in honor of all of the Nicks who aren't Nicholas in the world. That was my first guess. Nickname, you know? Like, like, like Nick, you know? No. It actually comes from this old word, eek name. Eek name. And actually, they used to say, and what do you have an eek name? And it, weird how language works, an eek name a nickname, 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 nickname. Isn't that amazing? How, you know, even our words change. Like, come on, we need some roots because things don't even mean anything. No, actually, that's kind of, that's really fun. I like that. Uh, but eek it, it is, a, is an old English word having to do with, like, extra. Um, so it's your extra name. It's your, it's your other name. In my household, we have a lot of extra names. Nicknames don't always have to do sh with shortening, right? Not at all. We get creative with it. Oliver James White, OJ, like orange juice, Juice Cup. That's his name. Juice Cup. Juice Cup. <laughs> Theodore Martin White, Teodoro in Espanol, Tete, Titi, Ticker Tay Parade. <laughs> Gwyneth's name is impossible to say in many languages. Gwyneth. It's, it's like Welsh or something. People in, with, with, there, it, there's all kinds of sounds in it that people can't say in other languages. So when she was doing phone intake at a, at a health clinic right when we first got married, uh, someone called her over the, would call her continuously, they'd call her Guana. And so it stuck. But it can't just be Guana. It's got to be Gwynny Jin Guana. There are songs about Gwynny Jin Guana. Nicknames are how we express our love. And it's kind of, I guess it's kind of my love language. Special names that often have to do with, with tininess, you know? Specialness. 
the classic nickname is just to slap a Y on the end, Kimmy, you know? Uh, uh, the, they call this diminutive, to make small. Benny, Nikki. Can you do, no, can't do Nikki, exactly. <laughs> Ollie. But if you got that name when you were small, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've always been Jimmy or something like that, it, you can start to resent it when you're not small anymore. You, know, you might need to take control of your name, you know, and say, nah, I think I'll be James. I'm, I'm a man, you know? Or, or if someone who hasn't earned the spot wants to call you Nikki or like Kimmy, you know, someone just, you know, slaps a Y on your name. Hey, Vladdy, you know? <laughs> Ew, that's weird. Yeah, very annoying. My one friend, you know, not all, so all, not, not all nicknames are good. Sometimes they're even weapons, you know, to make you feel small. You know, if, if there's no love, someone making you feel small is an attack. Uh, so one of my friends, he got the nickname Fungus. <laughs> because he was, uh, he got ringworm freshman year in high school playing, playing wrestling. And he tried to make it like grungy cool. Yeah, fungus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but by senior year, it was mostly torturous. I like to call him Pooch, because that's what the people who loved him called him in high school. As you can tell, I, I want to know your nickname, or earn the spot to give you one, or, or be part of a group who knows you in a special way. I want each of us to know what it's like to be diminutive to, to someone, to be small, and to be loved, and for it not to drive you crazy. God wants to know you like that too. God has probably earned the right to slap a Y on the end of your name. Uh, but you might have some complicated relationship stuff going on with God too. Um, the same stuff that you had with your parents maybe, or the high school wrestling team. I hope to rehabilitate being small a little bit in the next little bit here. Remember Saul of Tarsus? That was the Apostle Paul's name before he met Jesus. He's the one who wrote us that letter that Matt was reading to us. Saul was named after the first king of Israel, and probably his granddad, too. There was probably a Saul. You know, Saul's granddad was probably named Saul, too. That's how, that's how they did it back then. Uh, but Saul means asked for, inquired of God. Like, this is... This is the one, the one you've asked for, the anointed. And Paul, which is the name that Paul took on, is the Latin for Paulus. It's an adjective meaning small or humble. Saul and Paul kind of sound the same, and it might have just been his Latin name and his Hebrew name, uh, but, he, but he went with Paul the small. And, and I think that's one other indication that small is not bad. That's what I'm getting at. Small's not bad. I think all the change that we're weathering starts to wear us down, though, if we think that we have to be bigger than it. And I think this is our normal mode. All the wind whipping around, even like the actual hurricane hitting the East Coast. You could, want, you could think the only way to face this is to be as big as it. And with a hurricane, of course, that's impossible. Uh, and with all of the hurricanic stuff that's happening in your life, it's also impossible. You know, the normal everyday stuff, your kids growing up, you trying to do the discipline, you just trying to make it through the week, you trying to 
to work with that feeling that you have with God that makes you like, no, don't call me Benny, God. All that stuff. It's hard if we have to be bigger than it. I think that Paul took the way of smallness and we can follow him in that too. I think being, being, we can get stuck in trying to be big. There are times to be big. I'm not against big. Pretty big guy, naturally, but also, you know, big even bigger than my body. But my, my suggestion is to get small with God. You don't have to be the chosen king. God's gift to humanity, God's gift to humanity, you don't have to be that to make any difference in the world or in the lives of the people you love. And those people include yourself, you know, even to make a difference in your own life. You can be as small as you are, humble, which means rightly sized, not, not necessarily tiny, but just aware of the size that you are and comfortable with it, ready to work with what you have been given, ready to go as you are. Jesus likes nicknames too. You know, Peter, his, his right-hand man, was originally named Simon because Peter means rock, and Jesus wanted to build the church on the rock, Peter. Also, in Mark 3, he gave the nickname the Sons of Thunder to James and John, sons of Zebedee, are now the Sons of Thunder. No other reason except that that sounds awesome. Actually, later on uh, in Mark, uh, they, they're facing some opposition, and James and John are like, hey, Jesus, do you want us to call fire down on these people? <laughs> so maybe it said something about who they were, you know? And you, by the way, Jesus is like, no, we don't need to do this. Uh, the sons of thunder. And, and, and he also has this name in Matthew for the disciples that fits right in with what I want to say about being small, but only if we look at it a certain way. You throw the slide up there for me, Tom. Okay, so this is, this is his nickname, Oligopistos. Um, say it, Oligopistos. That's the singular. Now this is the plural, Oligopistoi. It's not up there, you just had to listen to me. It's a Greek word that gets translated classically as O ye, which is y'all, or use, of little faith. That's the oligopistoi, the plural means in English, all these words, O ye of little faith. This, it's this one word. Here's all the places that it occurs in Matthew. I put it in the King James Version because it has that classic O ye of little faith, except when he's talking to Peter, just one guy, it's O thou of little faith. In the Sermon on the Mount, when, we're, when he's asking us not to worry about tomorrow, he says, O ye of little faith, Matthew 6.30. When Jesus calmed the storm, there's a storm whipping up, a little storm, and he's sleeping. They say, hey, don't you, wor don't you worry that we're going to die? And he, said, and he like kind of brushes the sleep out of his eyes, yawning, says, O ye of little faith. And, uh, and then, it, what, like we were singing in the song, Even If I Fall, that's based on this passage in Matthew 14, where Jesus calls Peter out onto the water, and he starts to get scared and then to sink. Jesus pulls him out and, and says, Why did you doubt, O thou of little faith? And then another time, when the disciples don't get what he's talking about, which was like all the time, but he uses this one time when he's talking about the, the leaven of the Pharisees, and they're like, Are you talking about bread? And he's like, Ah, ye of little faith. 
you, you don't get it. Put the next one up there, Tom. Oligopistos. Uh, it's in Matthew 6.30, Matthew 8.26, Matthew 14.31, Matthew 16.8, but it's also copied out of Matthew into Luke 12. Here's the thing, though. This is the only place in all of the existent uh, Greek literature that this word occurs. I, 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 we can't be certain, but I like to think that Matthew made this word up because it, 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 was, it was communicating the special word that Jesus had for them. He was always saying, you tiny faiths, you know, oh, ye of little faith, you know, kind of gets this finger wag to it. It's kind of, it's kind of like, oh, ye of little faith. When you hear that in the King James, you, you might be thinking, dang it. But oh, ye of little faith is this one word. And I, 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 I can't imagine that Jesus isn't using it in, in the way that I'm thinking. And of course, I'm projecting onto him. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he did. But I do know what it's like to lead people and to have hopes and dreams for where they're going. You know, and all of you parents know what this is like. You know, exactly. You felt this. If you are like, ye of little faith, you might get that way sometimes. But if you're that way all the time, you don't love your children. You don't love the people you're leading. You won't be able to. You'll just resent them. It's very easy, eventually, especially when your kids get older, I'm sure, and start doing things as if they were grown. You know, like, you, you, could, you could believe that they are these tiny faiths, you know, and how, how you say it. But I can't imagine. Jesus might have gotten mad. He might have done a, a finger wag in his day, but that was not his default mode. I am positive of that, because I know the guy, all right? And that's not what he's like. So if you, when you just look at the language, oh, ye of little faith, start believing. Get it right in your head. Don't doubt. Don't fear. Don't get it wrong. Don't misunderstand me. Ye of little faith, come on. That's not Jesus. That's not what he's like. It's just not what he's like. I think we're tempted, though, to get like that because we're like that, especially on ourselves. It's easier to love somebody else, right? It's easier to, like, give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you're, you're often giving them the benefit of the doubt, but if, you, if you're honest, you rarely give yourself the benefit of the doubt. It's, it, it, it's, it's, you know, I think tiny faith is more like when Jesus is saying it most of the time. Apparently he said it a lot. And I don't know what he said because he spoke Aramaic, but I'm hoping he had some other really fun word, like tiny faith. You know, it's kind of like, ah, oh, come on, knucklehead. Ah, you knucklehead. Give me a noogie. You know, something, something like that. That's the tone I think that's going on. But here, in, I copied this right out of the Greek dictionary, uh, of little faith, trusting too little. The part after the comma, I, I'm, I'm appalled. It's that too. Trusting too little. No, it's just trusting little. That's what the word means. There's, there's no necessary judgment in tiny faith. You know, yes, they aren't trusting, but that's par for the course for Jesus. If he's going to be mad at these guys the whole time, judging them all the time for not getting it, he's going he's gonna to go get 12 other guys. You know? He's, but he stuck by all of them, even the one he knew that would betray him. The tone is a lot different. And I think that's how it is with nicknames. Fungus could be a loving nickname. You know, it's possible. 
Uh, it wasn't for my friend, but it could be. And so illegal pistos, illegal pistoi, I think that Jesus is not faking, he's not shaking a finger at us, but he's shaking his head with a smile. All right, what am I going to do now to help these people? How am I going to get them to where they need to go? I love them. Ah, they got tiny faith. Yeah, they do. They do. They got that tiny faith. You are who you are. You have the faith that you have. And he loves you. He's given you names. Check it. I love this. This is one of my favorite murals in all of time. Uh, it's on the Market Frankfurt line in West Philly where I grew up. And it says, I want to call you names. And on the outside, baby, mama, lover, friend. I love the reversal of it. Uh, it's in this series of love notes uh, that, that, that are on the, the buildings all the way up out to 69th Street in Philly. Matthew is doing this kind of reversal with oligopistos, I think. It's in Jesus' mouth, that name sounds good. It's this kind of thing. They're tiny faiths. Beloved little tiny faiths. Small, little, blessed people who don't have that much faith. They've got the faith they have. Because whose faith isn't too small, really? Whose faith isn't too small? Why even make the distinction? Who here would say that they have ginormous faith? You know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, if you said that, I would know you don't. <laughs> you know? Because Jesus is this guy. He's, he's, he's doing this humble thing. You know, who never worries, never fears, never doubts, never questions? Nobody. And Jesus knows that. Faith is small. That's what faith is. You know, most of what faith is is a gift from God. Our participation in it is, is a small piece of what God's doing. God's making something. We're not making it. Our, our acts of faith are just slight changes in perspective, turning a few degrees, and then God goes the distance. Our acts of faith are just slight openings in the door, we crack it just a little bit, and Jesus rushes in with the light. Our acts of faith are, are usually like a whispered yes that God is straining to hear so he can run and turn all of heaven on in joy. You don't have to wonder if your faith is too small. It's just small. But small is not bad. Small is what faith is. Small is how faith feels for everybody. If we spend the precious time and spiritual energy we have evaluating our faith, we're not going to do very much with it. And it'll probably shrink. Jesus said in Luke 17, if you have faith no bigger than a mustard seed, you know, you'll move a mountain. Yeah, mustard seed size, that'll do. This is Jesus' idea. You got in a mustard seed enough? But it's not because your faith could be so much bigger, like a coconut or something. Come on, get some coconut faith. Not that little tiny mustard. No, that's not what it is. It's because faith is small. It's mustard seed sized. It's an invasive presence. It grows up and it's impossible to get rid of in the garden. That's what mustard does. It just takes over like a morning glory. You might be more familiar with them. 
So let me end with an, an a concrete example of some tiny faiths that I know and I was talking about this week. One last slide here. Catherine Snyder and Kristen Rashid are part of our church. They're both doing art therapy in Philly schools with this organization that Catherine started called Spark. And they use art to help kids connect on the inside and just to what's happening on the outside. It's a way for the kids to access some of the roots that they have as opposed to just getting knocked about. Um, we're, we're a lot like those kids. We could probably use some art therapy too. Uh, some way to do things non-verbally that we can't really get out in words. That's, what, that's one of the benefits of, of art therapy. And so they're, they're, but they're only doing it in three schools and like a couple hours a week. That's all they've got going so far. Southwark School, where 29 different languages are spoken in South Philly, and there's this huge refugee population, they're there, getting in as best they can. They're also at Adair Elementary in Fishtown, which is right close to our new combined congregation of North Broad and Frankfurt Ave there at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. And they're in one more school, a Mastery Charter School, and also in South Philly. You know, they don't have tons of funds or, or tons of time to do this. It's just a couple times a week. Uh, they're taking care of, of tiny people in a tiny way. But, the, but their tiny faith that their skills will impact these children and the world is enough. They're just doing the thing they can. They gotta, this is like a side project for them. Like they're not, this isn't even their whole thing. But they're trying to get into the schools because they, they think that it's really working. And Catherine is so inspired by this work that she's going to go get a PhD and study it and try to expand it. How can we get these kids uh, the, the help that they need? And we support their work. The, the, the reason I'm bringing this up this week is I was talking to Catherine all, all about this and I barely knew anything. But we are, we are their nonprofit. They don't have their own nonprofit status. They operate as Circle of Hope, doing business as Spark. And uh, uh, Catherine and uh, Kristen also work at, at Parent to Child, which is a private practice for art therapy at 1226 South Broad Street in the building with Circle Counseling. So lots of connections. And we were talking about this, and I was so encouraged by Catherine and Kristen's faithfulness and spark that I, that I just had to share it with you. So before I end, I'll pray for them. But I'm sure that we can come up with a couple of example, more examples of other tiny faiths in our community, or people that you know in your life. People that are doing what they can with what they have. They don't know if it's all going to work out. It's not, it's not fantastic, you know, just mustard seed sized. You know, they're not, they're not changing the whole world by the power of their sheer will. They're not fighting the, the bigness of everything with their own bigness. They're being as small as they are and moving in a small way and believing that God will do what, what much more than they can imagine with their smallness. So let me pray for them and pray for us, and then you can talk back. God bless Catherine and Kristen, and I, I think they have another partner at Spark, too. Bless all those kids, particularly those refugee kids that are just coming to the city, trying to figure out what it means to live in this culture, maybe being separated from different pieces of their family. May the, the stuff down deep in them, the stuff that they don't see, come out in fruitful ways that 
Kristen and Catherine can, can help them understand and process. And may they be healed by the skill of our friends and by the power of your grace. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You got anything you want to say back to that? Maybe a story of a tiny faith that you know? Or a, uh, a question? Rebuttal? Didn't you have a period where you were trying to be called Benjamin instead of Ben? Did you tried to reclaim your name at one point, and is that at all tied with what you were talking about today? That was very short-lived, and actually it was Joshua Grace who amplified it. I think I said it at a meeting one time. Maybe I should be Benjamin. I'm like a professional now. But um, it, that wasn't a failed project. Uh, you can call me Benjamin, though. That's fine. I, you know, I like I like to add extra. So Rob's Rob, so I'm gonna call him Roberto. You know. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, who's Catherine? Who's what? Oh, who's oh the Catherine. Name? Catherine yeah. Snyder. She's she's a member of our church, oh, but she's okay. part of another congregation. So you probably haven't oh, met her yet. Oh, I think probably 10 years. I'm not sure. I've known her for a long time. Um, not exactly sure. She's your friend? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. I, when, before I was part of this congregation, I was part of a congregation in South Philly where she was, where she was connected. So I spent a lot of time with her. Still do. Get to hang out with her sometimes awesome. now. Thanks. G. So I'm just thinking about nicknames. And you guys all call me my nickname. And y'all even like put my last name on there and it's so weird like it's weird to me to call you g clifton yeah it's weird <laughs> to your face huh people say hey g clifton yeah, it's oh. just weird to me. do you so, want to be giovanna I, well i normally am giovanna clifton like everybody that knows my last name like if you're gonna you know what i mean like say my last name they normally use my first name so that's just a little bit awkward so i have to live in the awkwardness of that around here being G. Clifton. Um. So no one, no one ever says G. Clifton. Except for you guys. Except for nobody ever says. Clifton. Have y'all? Have you ever said G. Clifton, Matt? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nobody, you say it all the time. You Interesting. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go to Giovanna then. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just trying to like keep your name on my lips for longer. Yeah, I, I love that about you, but it's just this is a little weird. I'm just like, you What's your middle name, like G? I have two middle names, oh, Rose good. and Marie. Not Rose Marie, but Rose and Marie. Giovanna Rose Marie Clifton, it's good to see you. Oh. <laughs> it's Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, it's never changing. I know how that feels weird to me, and then my son's nickname is Turtle. Mm. And, <laughs> like, he's been Turtle since he was, like, and so now he's 24, and I want to be like, hey, turtle, and he's like, oh. he's like, and I wish that, like, family would stop calling me that, so I kind of know how he feel, because he, like, got older, and, like, maybe, like, the 10th grade, and it's like, I'm Dom, I'm Dom, it's Dominic, like, okay, Dom, turtle, <laughs> so. My name like that is Bubba. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's my, um. That's my kid's name for their uh-huh. Boomy and Bola. <laughs> I'll go for Kim then Nicole. Oh, Kim. Yeah. 
Can we go? <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> um, no, I was thinking about the tiny little faiths. Um, I was thinking about how uh, sometimes when my faith feels like it can do great things or like I have this great idea, like I'm always like kind of squashed by time or money or people or energy or whatever. Um, so like finding finding the tiny faiths, you know, that you can like partner with and kind of like merge your tiny faiths is so like, I don't know, kind of valuable. I've been talking to a friend of mine who went to, I went to high school with and she lives in this area and all of a sudden one Sunday she just got this idea with her, I think her roommate and her brother, they just decided they were going to pack up some lunches and go feed um, homeless people in Philadelphia. And she like posted something about it, and by the next time she decided to do it, there was like 10 people that showed up at her house. And by the next time, there was like 30. And now they've been doing this for like two years, and she actually has like um, uh, its own, it's, it's now its own organization. Um, it's called Feed Philly. And just yesterday, she was texting around um, because she the space that they normally meet to assemble food uh, bailed on them, and they couldn't meet there. So in my rush of trying to help them do something good, I was going to try to connect them with Circle of Hope because we've got all these buildings that would make great spaces for her to do these things. It didn't work out for yesterday, but we got to like talk on the phone last night and said, I said, like, hey, let's get coffee this week so we can figure out how to make this a better thing for you in the future where you don't have to like get bailed on at the last second to do something awesome. And you know, it was, it was kind of a fun experience because like, of course I've had that idea at some point and, the past to do that, but she's actually doing it. So if I can just help her, like, find a space to do it, like, we can merge our little faiths, and suddenly the little faiths are doing something bigger and more, actually more effective, actually changing something. Um, so that was just a good reminder, just talking to her last night, that you know, and she doesn't even know Jesus, so that's kind of cool too um, to see how that can turn into something. Yeah, I think that I think that a good indicator of some faith is that you actually do something. You have enough hope to not just despair sure. and stay home. So if you're gonna, if you're doing anything, if you're at this meeting, yeah, you you, you got that mustard seed. <laughs> it's enough. Uh, Nicole, you had something. So to me, the guys were talking the other day about uh, they so they basically try to diagnose me as a control freak. The guys are like the people at your work? The guys at work, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and only because I told him I don't like going to the dentist, and I don't like being on a cruise ship because I can't leave when I want, and I don't like being in the air because, again, I can't leave when I want. And like, so they're like, yeah, you're a patrol freak. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I just don't like being in weird situations. Like, that's nothing to do with being a control freak. But then it was like, and I wanted to like slap them on, like, you know, like, I don't, you know, I don't control anything like my faith controls me and my faith leads me and I like you know and like you know lay all that on them but instead I just like called them a bad word and told them to shut up like I should have said that because like I like I think I grew because like you know uh I I really always hold on to like that mustard seed faith because coming into circle having none and being told like you just need a mustard seed size, and I remember like seeing it in the grocery. Like I didn't know what a mustard seed was, and I saw it in the grocery store. I was like, 
Yeah, you want a control freak? Talk about me like ten years ago. Right? Like, yeah, so I don't know. So that's I was I was just thinking of like you were saying meeting and all that. Yeah. Made and all that, but I wish I would have told them. Still got a chance. Did you write it on the tree? No. <laughs> Get some roots for it. You don't have to do it by yourself. Matt, you could have the last word. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. Um, there's. Uh, um, I forget which book it is, but there's this author, uh, Madeline Langold, who writes these kind of uh, like young adult fantasy books. And I remember uh, one of them, the, the character, uh, had her kind of teacher as an antagonist. And like, she'd always refer to him by, you know, Mr. whatever his last name is. And the, there was kind of a, a guiding character who was always telling her, we well, gotta name him, we gotta name him. And like, I feel like a nickname can also be like a redeeming process for someone in your life too. Where like for her, Mr. I don't know, let's say Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith like equaled this is my enemy. Like every time I call him Mr. Smith, like it's, it's loaded with with all this uh, hurt and pain. And then like there's a kind of breakthrough point where like you know, she, she kind of named him, and all of a sudden he was this different person. He was uh, transformed into. Uh, a friend or uh, uh, family. Yeah. That sounds like Meg doing the naming, but I don't remember which book it was. It, yeah. It's one of those ones, a Wrinkle in Time series. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.